And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game week 6 is behind us and we're looking ahead now to game week 7. This week's deadline is on Saturday at 11am UK time. There's European action midweek so be patient as always with your transfers if you can be until after those matches. On today's episode I'll run through the game week 6 headlines and shoutouts. Do a quick game week review, update the watch list, answer Twitter questions and discuss game week 7 captaincy and transfers. There will be another Athletic FPL podcast on Friday, so make sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening for that one. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to get 33% off an annual subscription. In doing so, you'll get ad-free versions of this podcast. The headlines from Game Week 6, Manchester United lost 1-0 at home to Aston Villa, much to the disappointment of those who captained Cristiano Ronaldo. Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire picked up injuries in that one. Manchester City registered their fifth clean sheet in a row, beating Chelsea 1-0 at Stamford Bridge. Pep Guardiola's side have conceded just once this season, which was Son's winner way back in Game Week 1. Joe Cancelo got his second assist of the season which secured him all three bonus points as well for a 12-pointer. Rhys James got injured for Chelsea in that game. At Everton, Gray, Takuri, Townsend and Alan all got attacking returns in their 2-0 win over Norwich, so lots of choice in the Everton midfield at the moment. Mikel Antonio, that man is in the headlines every single week, scored a late winner for West Ham at Leeds. Rafinha who was a doubt for that match, was on the score sheet but did go off early again and is a doubt now for the weekend. Jamie Vardy scored a hat-trick, but one of them was an OG in Leicester's 2-2 draw with Burnley. I think Vardy's up to second now in the scoring charts for forwards and he's not in very many teams. Ismail Assar, another player who is very often in this headline section, scored his fourth goal of the campaign while St. Maximin got his fifth attack and return and all three bonus points. Brentford and Liverpool played out an entertaining 3-3 draw. Salah and Jota were amongst the goals in that one. Raul Jimenez finally got his goal, which sealed the three points for Wolves against Southampton. Goalkeeper Sa got the assist for that one. Saka and Smith-Rowe racked up 25 points between them as Arsenal beat rivals Tottenham 3-1 at the Emirates. And I'll talk more about Saka and Smith-Rowe later. Neil Mopai scored a late equaliser for Brighton on Monday night to snatch a point from Crystal Palace. Wilfred Zaha also scored in that game with Gallagher and Veltman getting the assists. The shoutouts now from Game Week 6. As always, I went back and had a look at the minutes played 
of all players. And I'm very happy to announce that N'Golo Kante became the fifth member of the 59th Minute Club this season, joining Anwar El Ghazi, Junior Furpo, Matthias Klitsch and Harry Winks. Welcome, N'Golo. Grab yourself a soft drink and join the others in the corner. I say soft drink because to me, Kante's the kind of player that would be ordering a, a Diet Coke rather than a, a pint of tenon. So... That's why I mentioned that. So yeah, five players now in the club. As always, keep an eye on the clocks in Game Week 7. Notable mentions this week. Luke Shaw, 33 minutes. And Reese James, 28 minutes. Both players off injured. Halftime substitutions for Tanganga. Ricardo Pereira at Leicester. Dan Byrne at Brighton. Dan James at Leeds. And Delhi Alley at Spurs. And Rafinha, 68 minutes. And I think he was icing part of his leg again I think it was 66 minutes last week 68 minutes this week so it'll be interesting to see if he can make it back on the pitch for game week 7 a quick review of how game week 6 went for me 51 points but there was a minus 4 so 47 which was my first red arrow for a couple of weeks so 164k I dropped not too far to 189k so still inside the top 200k which is a pretty good place to be at this stage of the season. My two transfers, the first one was a free transfer on Friday night. It was an easy one. Got rid of the injured Patrick Bamford. Ended up going for St. Maximin, which paid off nicely. And then Saturday morning, five minutes before deadline, I always advise against late transfers. And I did it myself this week. And it it bit me, not too badly, but it did. I got rid of Rafinha. And I brought in Saar because it, Rafinha was a doubt. My bench was extremely weak. It was Brownhill, Ailing, and Shimika. So I really didn't want to have 10 players on the pitch this week. So I took the minus four for Saar. He had two good fixtures. He did score, but it was very frustrating to see Rafinha start and score as well. So overall, I think I lost out in three points. And it could have been a lot worse because Rafinha looked very good watching the highlights from that game. But I'm hoping as a selfish Saar owner now that Rafinha will miss game week seven and Saar will do some damage. So yeah, late transfers very rarely are a good idea. And on this occasion, it cost me three points. The good and the bad. The good, Veltman, very nice assist and a few bonus points as well for seven points. Saar got nine, Salah seven, St. Maximin eight and Antonio also with eight. The bad this week, Sanchez in goal. Did get a bonus point, but he got a, I think he got a yellow card after the final whistle, which was, I think that might be the second time that's happened in the last couple of game weeks. Luke Shaw, zero pointer, very frustrating player to own so far this season. And I'm pretty sure he'll be going possibly this week, if not next week. Trent won Ben Rama three, just not a great return from Ben Rama. He did sneak a bonus point. I think he had five shots in the game and you know quite a few attempts were quite close to going in. So on another day, we're looking at Ben Rama points there. Greenwood's disappointing two-pointer. I think he had eight shots, six in the box. So good numbers, but didn't convert it into points. And most disappointing of all, Ronaldo captain with just four points. In particular, when Antonio and Salah who were the other good captaincy options they both delivered. So it's frustrating to be on the one that didn't. But captaincy's been going well so far this season. So I was due a captaincy blank. A watch list update now. Just two players removed from the watch list this week. Reese James because of his injury. And Ferran Torres because I think that's two games in a row now that he hasn't started. And I think we knew as soon as Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden came back in that Torres would be much more of a rotation risk. So he's not in my thoughts 
at the moment. Quite a few players added to the watch list following game week six. Samedo is back on it. Another clean sheet for Wolves. He had another very good chance, which he should have scored in that game. Goalkeeper saved it. So Samedo is in my thoughts. Leeds, not Leeds, Wolves still have very good fixtures. So Samedo, more than anything, he's on my watch list to remind me that Wolves are an option and they do have good fixtures. That's not to say, you know, I still like Marsal, I still like Cody, and I still like the goalkeeper as well. But Samedo is there to remind me of the Wolves options. I've added Saka. Smithrow was already on my watch list and I've added Saka now as well. Saka seemed to take a while to get up to full speed this season, possibly after the Euros. He's starting to play closer to 90 minutes now most weeks, so I like him as an option. I do prefer Smithrow though, I think he's about a million quid less. Both players obviously did very well in the most recent game week. So I think, you know, Arsenal have turned the corner, they got the 2 0, 1 0 victories, and then this big one against Tottenham. So I think now is the time we can start taking Arsenal seriously for FPL. So Saka is added alongside Smith-Rowe at Everton. So Damari Gray was already on the watch list, but now I've added Dukuri and Townsend. All three of them just continue to do the business at very friendly prices. Dukuri, he's box to box. He's got everything. Really good player. He's going to get assists. He's going to get goals. So I'm, I think there was a question. I don't know if I included it in the in the question section, but it was which Everton midfielder do you prefer? And for the last few weeks, I've been saying Damari Gray. I, I still think Damari Gray's right up there, but I'm I'm leaning towards Dukuri now as well. So Dukuri right up there as a very good pick now. And Townsend, Townsend has, I think he's got the least minutes of all three. But he's doing the business, you know, took the penalty as well. So while the likes of Covert Lewin are out, we could see Townsend be, you know, taking a few more penalties. So all three are viable. You know, if you had a three-sided coin between Townsend, Gray, and Dakura, you could you could just flip it if you can't decide which one to go for. I've added Rafinha to the watch list, having sold them last week. We know Leeds have very good fixtures. Like I said, watching the highlights of that Leeds game, Rafinha could have easily punished me a lot more he had a couple of very good efforts one in particular that just I think he hit the post actually so yeah that could have been punishing you know if, if Sar didn't get that goal if Rafinha got a brace I, I probably wouldn't be recording this week I'd be, I'd be in my bed crying about that late five minutes to go transfer so Rafinha is back in my thoughts obviously it's fitness dependent but I'll certainly be looking at him when I wildcard yeah I'll talk about wildcard soon Wilfred Zaha is on the watch list now alongside his teammate Connor Gallagher. Zaha, very interesting to see him take a penalty while Milivojevic was on the pitch. So Zaha is clearly first choice taker there now, which I think heightens his appeal. I think he's, he's been pretty impressive this season from open play as well. So, you know, Zaha's getting ignored because Gallagher has been so good. I still think if I was going to buy a Palace midfielder, it would be Gallagher. But I think we shouldn't forget about Wilfred Zaha either couple of strikers added Neil Mopai very quietly now has four goals for the season so he is a budget friendly option Josh King at Watford obviously Saar is the main man there but Josh King is cheap and he's doing the business I think he's got 90 minutes in the last two games he had a goal ruled out at the weekend as well so I think if that one stood you know a lot more people will be talking about Josh King this week and Jimenez he was on the watch list for a while took him off it last week and I've put him back on now because I think getting that first goal was so so important for him given what he's been through and he could easily kick on now once he's got that monkey off his back so that's the watch list updated ahead of game week seven looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Twitter questions now. Thanks as always to everyone who sent them in. First one this week is from Mark. Double Chelsea defense or one Chelsea and one city for the next five game weeks. So yeah, this was something I had a little play around with a wild card today, which I'm going to get to very soon with one of the questions. But it's I think it's a tough one. You know, do you go double Chelsea defence or do you go with one of each? I think I'd probably lean towards one of each, given just how good Manchester City have been defensively. Just one goal conceded. So I think it's it makes sense to get one of them. I think it's got to be Cancelo most attacking threat he's playing 90 minutes every week if you want even more security just get Diaz who I think offers attacking threat as well from set pieces but I think Cancelo is one of the best options in the game at the moment and he's he's near the top of my most wanted list after this game week 7 fixture against Liverpool double Chelsea defence I still think is perfectly viable given how good the fixtures are Rudiger is still the best one. I think you go Rudiger for safety and then you maybe take a risk on someone like Alonso as long as you have a good bench for the occasions where Alonso doesn't feature. So I think if it's a straight shout-out between double Chelsea defence or one of each, I think I'd probably go one of each. And I'd probably go Rudiger from Chelsea and Cancelo from Manchester City. I think it's it's the same as the wildcard scenario. You can go for a couple of safe ones and a couple of risky ones. So if you're going for a safe one, you know, when it's one of each, you go Rüdiger or Diaz, and then you go, you know, like an Alonso or a Cancelo. But I, I think Cancelo's a pretty safe pick now, given you know he has been playing every minute so far this season. Well, it'll be interesting to see if if the European games now play a part in that over the next week or two. Question from Patrick: If you decide to wildcard this game week, what would your team look like? So. I did have a quick look this morning. I, I've been doing this every week. I've been having a look at a wildcard draft and seeing how it feels. And it does feel pretty good this week because obviously Chelsea start their good run. They've got Southampton at home. I don't have any Chelsea players. So if I was going to wildcard this week, it would be probably a triple up on Chelsea. Probably two defenders. And Lukaku would probably go in over Ronaldo. Although I think that's not as easy a decision as it was maybe a couple of weeks ago, because Ronaldo has started pretty well at United, even though the result against Aston Villa wasn't great. So I'm undecided what I'm going to do. I always seem to have a bit of free time on a Tuesday evening during the Champions League games tonight. I'm going to have a proper think about wildcard. I'm going to weigh up whether wildcard this week or wildcard next week, because if I don't wildcard this week, 
I'm pretty sure I probably will wildcard next week. So it's either game week seven or game week eight for me. And at the moment, I would say I'm totally 50-50. The wildcard squad I did put together this morning very quickly. Now, very little thought went into this one. But it gives you an idea of what I'm thinking if I pull the trigger this week. 4-4-2. So I'll go with four good defenders at the back and just two strikers. So up front, I'll start. I'll go from front to back. Lukaku and Antonio. So I think Antonio picks himself. Then you've got a decision. Do you go Lukaku or Ronaldo or both? And I still prefer just one of them for a more balanced squad. I think Lukaku has the better fixtures. Midfield, Salah would stay. Saar would stay. I think Ben Rama would stay as well because he's got a good fixture this week. And then Rafinha, fitness dependent. If Rafinha, you know, if Bielsa gives the green light on Rafinha, in the press conference, I think I would just go straight back to him and bring him back in, having sold him last week. So that's midfield and attack. Defence, Trent would stay, although he hasn't travelled to the European game this week, which is a slight concern. So we need to keep an eye on that in the press conferences as well. But I think he'll probably be fine, uh, maybe just resting him for the Manchester City game at the weekend. So Trent would stay, Cancelo would come in, and then it would be probably double Chelsea defence. So Rudiger and Alonso or Rudiger and Christensen. But I think i go for the exciting Alonso option. Now, that is double Chelsea defence. There's one City player there. But this draft is double City defence because I've picked Ederson in goal. I'm very, very tempted by a more expensive goalkeeper, probably for the first time in four or five seasons playing the game. I don't love Sanchez, even though he's been okay so far. I don't hugely love any of the other 4.5 million options either. And I just think when these teams, you know, Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, they're offering a lot of value defensively. I'm open to the idea of getting someone like Ederson for a double up on a Man City defence. So if you don't go for Lukaku and Ronaldo, and you go for a you know a cheapish midfield like I've mentioned here, it's doable. Uh, I think there's a there's a strong case to be made for going for someone like Ederson. I like Ederson more than Mendy because I think he's just a little bit more secure. You know, Kepa could get the odd game now and again. I like the Ederson Cancelo double up or even you know Ederson Diaz because there's so much lottery in the Manchester City attack. Yes, there will be occasions where I want a Manchester City attacker. But I think I could live with having just one City attacker if I'm going to be getting the clean sheets from the two at the back. So that's just something to consider. There is a question about another goalkeeper coming up soon, which I'll cover shortly. The bench for this one is it would be Foster, 4 million goalkeeper, because he's, he's getting some game time now. There was a decent amount of cash list left over here as well. So you could have a good first sub, someone like Smith Rowe. I like Smith Rowe with Arsenal's fixtures. Liveramento would be... And, you know, must have on a wild card at 4.2 million and then a 4.5 million forward. So you've got just one spot on the bench that is, is useless and I don't mind that. So in full, Ederson, Trent, Cancelo, Rudiger, Alonso, Salah, Saar, Benrama, Rafinha, Lukaku, Antonio. So those of you who are already active on the wild card. There's something to play around with. I think a lot of people who wildcard this week will put a lot of cash into defence. I think people will look at picking a more expensive goalkeeper as well. Question from Cahill. It's a wildcard related question. What are the reasons to wait until game week 8 for wildcard and not this week? So I think it's really tricky this week. I think if you're like me 
and you're looking at either a game week seven or a game week eight wildcard, I think there's pros and cons to both. And it probably comes down to how your current team looks for game week seven. So Cal asked about what are the reasons to wait until game week eight. So first of all, international break. You would have two weeks to really give your wildcard lots of thought. And I think wildcards need a lot of thought. So, you know, having two weeks instead of one is very attractive. During those two weeks, you can, you know, consider all the options. You can pour over the stats from the first seven game weeks. And if you've got time, you can also rewatch some of the games from this season to help you in your decisions. Another week of information is always useful. Another reason to wait is Manchester City play Liverpool this week. So I'm talking about a possible double up on the Manchester City defence. So Cancelo and Ederson, for example, do I feel amazing about having them against Liverpool? Not really, because, I mean, the form that Mohamed Salah is in, you'd fancy him to get something in that game. So I think it's okay to wait another week for the double Manchester City defence. But then again, at the same time, the way they've been defending, it wouldn't surprise any of us if they get another clean sheet against Liverpool. Another reason I like waiting is Rafinha. If there's doubts over him going into the weekend, it would be nice to just hold off, have the two weeks for him to recover and then be more confident about picking him on a game week eight wildcard. And then also for people like me who've got a Manchester United triple up and West Ham double up, both teams have home fixtures in game week seven. Then they've got trickier away fixtures in game week eight. So there's quite a few reasons there to wait. But again, I could probably make a list just as long of reasons to go ahead and wildcard this week. So really just comes down to how you feel about it. What I would say is probably wait until the Champions League games play out and then decide. I wouldn't worry too much about team value. I don't think you need to activate a wildcard early in the week. You know, I'd quite happily activate it on Thursday or Friday if it feels right. So yeah, I'm undecided and I need to give it a lot more thought over the next day or two. So again, Friday's episode, I will have a I'll have a decision made on whether I'm wildcarding or not. So keep an eye out for that one. Question from FPL Cowboy. Is a missing slash misfiring Chelsea midfield going to damage Lukaku's points potential? And is it enough to stick with Ronaldo for Everton and maybe Leicester as well? So yeah, I do slightly worry about this. You know, looking at the Chelsea lineups recently, there hasn't been a huge amount of creativity in midfield. You know, there's been no Mason Mount. Havertz hasn't been starting games. You know, Pulisic hasn't been in the picture either. Neither has Ziyech. So it's really been, you know, Kante, Jorginho, Kovacic, these kind of players in midfield. I mean, some of them are pretty creative. Kovacic has been pretty impressive so far this season, but they're missing that real creative spark. And I think it probably is hindering Lukaku a little bit, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay like that. I think for some of these easier fixtures coming up, we'll see a lot more of the likes of Havertz and Mount back in the team, which should be good news for Lukaku. So I think Lukaku is still a tricky one if you don't own him. I'm not in a huge rush to go and get him. I do think he's a pretty good captaincy candidate against Southampton this week. But on the flip side, I think Ronaldo, even though the Villa game was disappointing, you know, he didn't have many shots in that game. I still think Everton at home for Ronaldo is a very good fixture. And I think Leicester haven't been great so far this season either. You know, they're missing Johnny Evans. So I think those fixtures are okay. So it's one of those where I wouldn't stop anyone from selling Ronaldo to get Lukaku. But at the same time, I don't think Lukaku is essential if you have Ronaldo as a captaincy candidate. So it's a really tricky decision for us managers who have Ronaldo and don't yet have Lukaku. 
at the end of the day, it probably for me will come down to fixtures when it comes to wildcard, which is why I think Lukaku will get the nod over Ronaldo. Obviously, frees up about a million as well to use elsewhere. Question from Chris, who is thinking of wildcarding this week. Would you stick with Sanchez or go for Ramsdale, assuming he is first choice? Now, yeah, so I said in last week's podcast, if Ramsdale got the start against Tottenham, I think that was our green light. So I mentioned Ederson. If I didn't go for Ederson on a wildcard, I think Ramsdale is the one I'd be going for. I just think 4.5 million for an Arsenal goalkeeper. It's, you know, it could be a gift. Ramsdale's had three good performances. I think he is first choice now and I expect him to stay there. You know, just hopefully Arteta doesn't do some kind of goalkeeper rotation. Hopefully Ramsdale just is first choice now. I think as long as he's playing well and Arsenal are winning games, which they are, I think Ramsdale is a good pick in FPL. So for me, when it comes to wildcard, it's probably a question of do I pay big for someone like Ederson or do I just stick to the the 4.5 policy and go for Ramsdale. I do think he's the standout 4.5 million goalkeeper now, so definitely an interesting option. Question from Zanda. Is Saka a viable option over Saar? Looking at Watford's tougher fixtures coming up and Arsenal's form turnaround. So yeah, I think I think Saka definitely is an alternative to Saar, but I still I don't really have any plans to you know sell Saar. I just brought him in. He's done the business. He's got a good fixture next week. And then obviously, you know, fixtures do get a little bit trickier, but he is the talisman for Watford. If they're going to score, there's a very good chance he's going to be involved. So I think I'll end up holding Saar right through and not worrying too much about fixtures. And hopefully he can tick over for his price tag. So Saka, good option, but I still, I think I still prefer Saar at Watford there. Question from Gareth. What are your thoughts on Aston Villa defenders, especially Mings and Konsa? The clean sheets are starting to come and they seem to be a constant threat from set pieces. Yeah, so Villa, they've had three clean sheets in six, which is as much as you can expect, really, from defenders who cost about five million. That's a a pretty good return. And I I think all the Villa defenders are options. You know, Gareth mentions the centre-backs here. Both of them are really good uh, threats from set pieces. I think I prefer Konsa. Seems to get his head on a lot of them. But I think I prefer the wing-backs because if they're going to continue playing with three centre-backs, it allows target and cash to get forward. And we've seen it against Manchester United. There was one occasion where cash was in the box. He cut it across the target, who was basically in the six-yard box, and somehow put the ball over the crossbar. So it should have been a goal for target, and it should have been an assist for cash. We've seen cash score a goal a couple of weeks ago as well. So I always favour the more exciting full-backs. So I think if I was going for... A Aston Villa defender. I think I like Cash. I think he's a bit more natural in the final third. I think he might have used to be a winger. Uh, target, probably not going to score a huge amount of goals. So I do slightly favour Cash on the right for Aston Villa. But I do think, you know, when they've got the god that is Martinez in goal, I think it's it's fine to invest in their defenders. It's just, a, it's annoying that they're not 4.5 million, but they are doing the business even at around 5 million. So yeah, I think it's it's time to start looking at Aston Villa defenders now. Question from Michael. Do you feel comfortable going with Gallagher to fit in Ronaldo and Lukaku now that we have six game weeks worth of information? Yeah, so Gallagher continues to do it. He continues to pass the eye test. I watched the second half last night. The guy, 
I want to know what he eats and what he drinks because he is he, he just doesn't stop. He's he's unbelievable. His engine is as good as any I've, I've ever seen on a football pitch. So Gallagher with that work rate, you know, he's going to continue to get into good positions. He's going to continue to, you know, intercept passes in high positions on the pitch, which is going to put him in good positions to score or assist. Got the assist for winning the penalty last night. So yeah, I think I think he's up to 5.7 million. Now he's, he's, I think it's just a really good option. And if you want to get Ronaldo and Lukaku in, a, in your team, I think it's absolutely fine to have Gallagher in your starting 11 now. Question from FPL Boogle. If you owned both Jota and Greenwood, which one would you be looking to move on first? And is Game Week 7 the right time to do so? Yeah, tricky one. You know, I've got Greenwood, disappointing result, but I like the underlying numbers. You know, eight shots, six in the box. I'm happy to keep them for Everton and then reassess things. It's not really, Greenwood's not really the problem. I want to see a better all-round performance from Manchester United because if, I think if that happens, that will see Greenwood get more FPL points. Jota, always rotation risk, has Manchester City next. So if I was forced to sell one of them, it probably would be Jota. But I don't think it's the right time to sell either. Um, you know, Jota's coming off his goal. Yes, Firmino might start against Manchester City. But I think if I own Jota, you, you know what you're, you bought into the rotation risk. You know what you're getting. So I think I would just keep him and I would keep Greenwood as well. I would rather save a transfer, keep Jota and Greenwood and have two free transfers for after the international break. Lots can change over a two-week period, especially when players are flying around the world with COVID and stuff like that. So yeah, I'd rather have two free transfers, keep Jota and Greenwood and whatever will be, will be. Final question is from Rick. Who is the best one-week punt in any position at any price before a game week eight wildcard? So yeah, if you decide you're going to wildcard next week, you can have fun with your transfer this week. I think looking at the fixtures, Chris Wood at home to Norwich looks pretty good to me. I think any Chelsea player at home to Southampton. I think Saar, if you don't have him, against Leeds or Josh King I think is a pretty good one week punt as well even Dennis is an option there and Jimenez now that he's got his goal he will be confident going into the Newcastle fixture so there's a few punts for one week before a wild card in game week 8 This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra the official beer sponsor of the NBA Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Game Week 7 captaincy now. I've opened up my captaincy matrix and there is three standout options this week. I think Ronaldo at home to Everton, Lukaku at home to Southampton and that guy Mikel Antonio at home to Brentford. I put a poll on Twitter yesterday, 12,000 votes returned. I put four options. I added Salah into that one as well. He's at home to Manchester City. So top of the poll, uh, Lukaku 
by quite a distance, 65.4%. Second place, Ronaldo, 19.7%. Third place, Antonio, 11.1%. And Salah, just 3.8%. So I think it surprised me a little bit that Lukaku got so much of the poll. Again, probably recency bias bias in that. Anyone who captained Ronaldo when he blanked for them at the weekend probably clicked on Lukaku in this poll, uh, even if they don't own him. I did, I did phrase it as, if you own all four of these players, who would you captain? Because I think that gives us a truer reflection of what people are thinking in terms of captaincy this week. So Lukaku tops the poll by quite a distance. I don't own him, so that makes me think maybe I should go and buy him. If I did want to buy him, it would be a straight swap probably for Ronaldo or somehow find another way for a minus four. But my problem is I've got defensive issues this week. So if I don't wildcard this week, I probably won't be getting Lukaku. So I will be on, I think I'll be on Ronaldo against Everton. I'll give him a, a second chance. I won't let last week influence my decision too much. I think Ronaldo on paper at home to Everton is a very good captaincy candidate. I'll give Antonio some consideration as well because he just continues to do it. So, you know, maybe we need to start thinking of Antonio as a 12 million asset. I think if he had a 12 million price tag, his percentage in the poll would be a lot higher than 11%. So captaincy for me, most likely Ronaldo. But if I decide to wildcard later in the week, it'll probably be Lukaku coming in and Lukaku getting the armband. Game week seven transfers. I've got one free transfer. Option one, as it always is, can I save a transfer? I don't think so because I've got a lot of issues in defence. I've got Chimikas, I've got Ailing who's flagged, I've got Shaw who's flagged, and I've got Trent who didn't travel during the week. So I need to wait and see how that shakes out over the coming days. Option two, wildcard. So I, what I've noted down here is possibly, if not this week, definitely next week. Definitely is probably a strong word to use. So, you know, if I, if I took a hit this week and took a hit next week, then maybe I wouldn't have to wildcard at all in Game Week 7 or Game Week 8. So I shouldn't have put in the word definitely there. But it's looking very likely. It's looking like it's going to be either this week. And if I don't do it this week, it's very likely that I'll do it during international break. I always like it wildcarding during the international break anyway. Gives you that time to really pour over all of the options. Option three, ailing to Rudiger was my plan this week. And I might just stick to that. You know, if Shaw is okay for the weekend, if Trent's okay, I could just get one Chelsea defender in. I've got the cash in the bank. That's why I, I went for St. Maximin last week, because he was cheap and I kept the door open for ailing to a Chelsea defender this week. So ailing to Rudiger is option three. And then option four, if let's say Shaw gets ruled out of the weekend, what I might do is take a minus four. So get rid of ailing and Shaw and maybe get two Chelsea defenders or get a Chelsea defender and Cancelo. And what that would mean is I'd be looking a lot more like the wildcard squad I mentioned earlier. So if I took that minus four this week, then it leaves me the option of not wildcarding in game week eight. So again, lots for me to chew on this week. It's 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 way too early in the week for me to 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 decide what I'm doing. My head my head's fried already and it's only Tuesday. Thank you, as always, for taking the time to listen to this episode. Please leave a review wherever you're listening and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss Friday's episode. If you'd like extra content from me and to support me as a full-time fantasy manager, visit patreon.com forward slash FPL general, where you'll get extra content and podcasts throughout the season and access to my Slack channel. Have a great week, folks. Enjoy the Champions League and I'll talk to you again on Friday. The Athletic. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.